Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is a free iOS app. Download it in the App Store, and you can have a full-fledged conversation with your favorite athlete, sports analysis, or even me. So download it, and we can have a full-blown devil's discussion, and give it a look. Pain, pain, and no offense, and more pain. Well, what better way to share your pain than with the winning opponent? So, John Chick of Locked On Rangers and I do a crossover to discuss the Hudson River battle. And also, I give you guys just an update on what's happening with the New Jersey Devils briefly. But anyway, buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the hockey writers, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 12.06 a.m. Eastern Time, April the 16th, 2021 at the time of this recording. And the New Jersey Devils have now lost their fourth straight game, this time once again to the New York Rangers. And it's a similar circumstance. We got shut out. Uh, Shashurskin got another shutout. It's his uh, second career shutout. And would you believe that both of his shutouts have come at the hands of the New Jersey Devils and it's come on uh, back-to-back games kind of thing? Well, you know, not technically back-to-back, but second straight game. You you, you get what I'm saying. So it's obviously very frustrating and just very... Uh, tough to deal with because we just don't have any offensive firepower and it just seems as though like what we did against the Sabres in game one against the Penguins just a few days ago seems like a fluke at this point but you know what there's still some season left and there's no point in moping even though all of you do want to mope all of you want to complain about the New Jersey Devils but trust me guys you know this is just how it's going to be now if you haven't checked out the last episode that was sort of a fun episode that was actually one of my favorite episodes to record just because it was so much fun to talk about uh, this particular subject and go more in depth of what the New Jersey Devils are trying to build and also giving my personal opinions if I was head coach Lindy Ruff. But anyway, if you missed the last episode, I basically dissected the top two lines of forwards for the New Jersey Devils and I talked about what do I like, what I don't like, what would I change. And one of the biggest uh, opinions that I had was that once Zaka returns from injury, then Heizer should move down to the third line and Zaka should stay at the second line because Zaka's had been having a pretty good year. Nico Heizer has missed, what, like 95% of the season. And so, you know, just um, overall, I think he needs to get back into the swing of things and it could give him an opportunity to just shine because like, like I told you guys, I've made predictions like this before. So my first prediction, I said that Scott Wedgwood would take Aaron Dell's position as a backup goaltender. And then my second prediction was, remember when Andreas Janssen was struggling at the beginning of the year? And I said that Janssen should be moved down uh, a little further down in our lines pairing. So that way uh, he can just uh, get better and get into the swing of things, learn the system a little bit quicker and get the hang of it. And surprise, surprise, you know, one game he is uh, put down, I believe, on our third or fourth line. 
and he has one of his best games of the year. So in terms of aggressiveness and overall just looking comfortable on the ice. So that was another prediction I got right. So, uh, you know, obviously with Brat out, it kind of changes things just a little bit. But obviously, Heizer and Zaka are both uh, centers. And Brat is obviously a winger. But I'm just saying uh, just another player goes on to the injury list for the New Jersey Devils. So obviously it's frustrating. But, you know, what, what more can we do? So anyway, let's talk more about this game a little brief before we bring in John Chick of Lockdown Rangers to do a crossover. So anyway, I know you guys don't really want to talk much about it because it looked very lethargic. It looked like the New Jersey Devils had no energy out there. And overall, the stats just prove it. You know, they, they just couldn't generate anything to go their way. So before we talk more about that and before we have an in-depth uh, analysis with John Chick, let's look at the Mass Mutual East Division and let's see what's cooking because it's getting hot in Hell's Kitchen and I'm going to mention that later in the episode. So the Washington Capitals are atop of the division at 28, 12, and 4 with 60 points. The Islanders are 27, 12, and 4 with 58 points. The Penguins are 27, 13, and 3 with 57 points. The Bruins are 23, 12, and 6 with 52 points. The Rangers are 21, 16, and 6 with 48 points. The Flyers are 20, 17, 6 with 46 points. The Devils are 14, 22, and 6 with 34 points. And then they're the Sabres at 11, 25, and 7 with 29 points so you know look closely at that race between the Bruins Rangers and Flyers because you know the Flyers are down but they are certainly not out so you know I wouldn't put anything past them but obviously we're gonna have to play them very soon in another four game series so I'm looking forward to that hopefully it'll go a little better than what we're doing against the New York Rangers and I'm just hoping that we could swipe one game just one game past uh, the Rangers but obviously that's a very tall order for what the New Jersey Devils have to do and just overall what our roster is like so you know I I wouldn't hold anything past it but anyway uh, it's almost time to bring in uh, John Chick of Locked On Rangers but first let's compare stats so shots on goal differential 33 to 16 in favor of the New York Rangers face off percentage 53 to 47 percent in favor of the New Jersey Devils power play opportunities we were 0 for 3 and the Rangers were 0 for 2 so you know there's that at least our penalty kill was somewhat decent we you know albeit they only had two opportunities to try to kill some time in the penalty but you know we'll take it we'll take any any hollow victory we could take at this point and also you know if you remember in the last game we did not give the rangers any power play opportunities and then uh hit 17 to 11 in favor of the new york rangers uh blocks 20 to 7 in favor of the Rangers. And Shasurskin only faced, again, 16 shots on goal the entire game. The entire game. Explain to me when we hold the Rangers to like 20 shots on goal, they still shut us out in game one of uh, four that we have to play against them. Yet when we only get 16 shots on goal, about four shots less, we can't even get one goal. So is that too much to ask for? Do the hockey gods hate us that much? Does Lady Luck hate us that much? I don't know. So giveaways 10 to 9 and the Rangers lead in that category. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's been very, very, very interesting to say the least. But you know, albeit uh, the the Devils, we, we just got to grind the rest of the season and then just go into the offseason and just completely start over from scratch. I mean, not in terms of just blowing up our rebuild, but just overall just trying to figure out uh, who can do what, who needs to go. So 
Lindy Ruff seems like he's big on Siegenthaler and also Murray for some reason. So I think both of those players for the right price will be sticking around for the New Jersey Devils. Wouldn't quote me on that, but I'm fairly confident. But anyway, we'll talk more about that in a future episode because like I told you guys, this was game two of four. We still got to play the Rangers twice more. And I I always like my Madison Square Garden, if I'm being completely honest with you, just the history and also, you know, they host the New York Knicks. So that's always a lot of fun when the Devils go to Madison Square Garden. That's actually a stadium that I would love to visit at some point in the future. But anyway, I just wanted to give you guys an interesting fact about uh, myself and my love for uh, certain stadiums. But anyway, it's time for the first live read this morning, and it's going to be a different live read. This is a new one. So today's episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points 1010 is exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today rings sure to bring joy into her life using only diamonds responsibly sourced from botswana 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement mother's day or simply a beautiful conversation piece they're the perfect way to bring light into her life they're available now through mother's day only on BlueNile.com, just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check that out. They won't be around for long, so find them now while searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. And if you are on the fence of proposing... Trust me, dude, she'll say yes, so get on a knee and get her that engagement ring. Trust me. So the second live read this morning comes from betonline.ag. So if you are a person who likes to take a risk, you need to head over to betonline.ag because obviously, you know, we have some big matchups in store and on tabs. The NHL season is winding down. MLB just got their season underway. The NBA is starting to ramp up their season as well, especially since they are heading into the latter half of their year as well and the playoff picture is becoming clear and clear and clear. Uh, I am a huge racing fan, so obviously NASCAR is getting their season underway as well, and they've already had some surprising winners. So again, if you are a person who likes to take a risk and you are a big sports fan, head to betonline.ag. Now, if you're not a sports fan, they also have stuff for reality shows. Are you surprised by that? I'm not because BetOnline is that awesome and that uh, diverse. So get over and get in the action, everybody. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 50% welcome bonus and also visit our friends at locked on bets and they have all the rundowns of potential winners and they give their opinions and as to why they believe in that instance so get in on the action everybody okay it's time for a crossover with john chick of locked on rangers and we actually recorded this episode before the game but trust me it is still very relevant of what the new jersey devils need to do in these next two games and like i told you guys earlier in the show the narrative is still pretty much the same with uh, Shashirskin getting another shutout and the Devils just looking very lethargic, can't generate any offense. So so let's take it away, shall we? All right, so welcome back, Ranger fans and Devil fans. We got a special crossover edition for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers 
joined by Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils. Uh, Trey, how are we doing today? I am doing great, John, and hopefully the New Jersey Devils could just get something going in this Hudson River battle. Well, uh, hopefully not, because these are critical games for the Rangers, critical points, and uh, you know the Rangers kind of hanging around the playoff chase within striking distance of the Bruins. But you know, I said coming into this month, you know, you look at the schedule as a Ranger fan, you see, okay, four against Buffalo, four against the Devils, and absolutely no disrespect to either of those two teams. But it's a situation where they are the two teams at the bottom of the division. It's like, man, the Rangers have got to make some headway here. they got to win most of these games. Now, you are correct because that's something I've been talking about uh, lately in, in my show, which is I always give my listeners the rundown of what's going on in the East Division. And I must say, John, I don't know if you're in New York right now, but it's getting hot in Hell's Kitchen because, yeah, you're just four points away from the Boston Bruins. And also the Flyers are creeping in on you. While they have had their struggles, it is so surprising despite all their struggles, despite all their blowouts, because I think you guys beat them, like, what, 9-1 to one in one game? They, they are still hanging around. Like, they're six points out. Realistically, you know, it, just one good series from them and a bad series from you and Boston, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, you know, it is possible that the Flyers could get into the playoffs as well. So, you know, it is getting hot in Hell's Kitchen. You are correct about that. That's really kind of surprised me. I mean, going into the season, I thought they had a pretty nice one-two punch there with Hart and Elliott, but they just haven't been good. And uh, the way I've been saying it and the way I've kind of been explaining it on my show to, uh, you know, Ranger fans who are getting into this playoff chase here, I think if the Rangers pass the Bruins, then they'll probably still be ahead of the Flyers at that point. That doesn't mean that the Flyers won't be close. I mean, they could be right behind them. But the way I see it, you know, the Rangers, they are two points ahead of the Flyers right now. And it's like, just concentrate on what's in front of you. Just try to climb up the standings here. And the other thing that's interesting for me is that uh, the Rangers at the end of the season, their final two regular season games are against the Bruins. So if they're within striking distance, you know, they'll kind of, uh, they'll have a chance there. And then, you know, the Bruins do have two makeup games after that. But yeah, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I know the Devils aren't, uh, you know, necessarily in the playoff chase right now, but this is something I want to ask you about. Do you see them, could, could you see them kind of embracing the role of being the spoiler and just being able to play free and easy and not have to worry about the pressures of a playoff chase and just kind of have some fun with it? I mean, are they the kind of group that you could see embracing the spoiler role a little bit? So here's the thing. Um, you know, I've been making this hot take for so long, and my listeners know what I'm about to say. Like, uh, people who listen to my show religiously, they know exactly what I'm about to say. I believe if it wasn't for our uh, break in COVID, we would be in the hunt for a playoff spot. But uh, similar to what happened with the Dallas Stars and the Buffalo Sabres after we had to uh, postpone our season for, you know, just a couple weeks, uh, we were just never the same. So overall, I, I, I don't think the New Jersey Devils are embracing what, what, what you're calling, like, uh, like j just trying to play free and easy. I think right now, yes, we're playing free and easy. But there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it because we are 16 points out of, uh, you know, uh, tying with the Boston Bruins. And we have, like, what, only 15 more games to go? So, you know, there, there's that. But I think overall for the New Jersey Devils, I think it's just seeing what we can do next year because now Alexander Holtz is in negotiations for signing his entry-level deal since uh, his uh, season in, in Sweden has now ended. Um, and we're just trying to get him over into the States. And then overall what we have in our farm system is also exciting. And also just the young players we have in general. So you should know a thing or two about, like, you know, having young, exciting rookies uh you know Lafreniere and of course I'm being sarcastic but <laughs> uh you know uh Ty, Ty Smith Ty, Ty Smith was a diamond in the rough I bet no one anticipated for him to um you know do what he's doing right now um because uh, you know he, he he's not in the hunt for the Calder Memorial Trophy he's not a serious candidate for it 
but, you know, he's definitely in that discussion in terms of best rookies out east. And, uh, you know, no one expected for him to do that. Sharon Govich, another diamond in the rough. Kwokinen, yeah. uh passing the puck beautifully. Jack Hughes, he's having a respectable sophomore year campaign, and I believe we will see more improvement once, uh, you know, he takes full reins of this team. And I fully anticipate that he'll have the alternate captain role next season, barring anything catastrophic, quite honestly. So uh, Nico Heizer is obviously our captain right now. I believe um, Zaka, once Zaka returns, that uh, Heizer should be moved down just to get back into the swing of things and just to dominate, like, weaker opponents. That's my personal opinion. But overall, for the New Jersey Devils, they have a, a lot of great pieces. Unfortunately, I think they've just run into a string of bad luck. Like, we haven't had Nico Heizer all year. Zaka just got hurt. Uh, obviously, we couldn't uh, get Alexander Holt into the States this year. Uh, we, we, we had to be sellers. We couldn't get a contract with Al Palmieri. Zajac is at the tail end of his career, and we had to get him to, like, a contender just to give him one more shot of winning a Stanley Cup Finals because he's been to the Stanley Cup Finals. However, he's never won it. But, um, you know, I think for us we've just had a string of bad luck, especially with Mackenzie Blackwood starting off so well the first three games of the year. But then ultimately – he was the first one to get hit hard with COVID because he was the first devil to test positive for it, and he was never the same. So, um, overall, I think we've just had a string of bad luck. Yeah, definitely didn't catch the breaks this season, the Devils. Uh, now, you touched on having to be sellers at the trade deadline this year, and I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, the Devils were one of the more active teams in the league uh, at and near the trade deadline. But, of course, the big one, the one that had everybody talking was uh, – Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac going to the Islanders in exchange for, let's see, A.J. Greer, Mason Jokes, a first-round pick in 2021, and a fourth-rounder in 2022. Uh, I just wanted to get your take on this trade. I mean, just in general, you know, do you feel like the Devils got enough for these two players? Do you think they could have gotten more? Do you think they uh, could have shot them around a little bit more? Just kind of give me your feel on uh, on this trade, if you can. So I feel as though uh, if it was just like Greer, Jobs, that first-round pick, and then that a fourth round pick for next year is actually a conditional fourth round pick. So uh, the, the deal is if the New York Islanders make the Stanley cup finals, that fourth rounder will become a third rounder. However, Lulon Morello can decide whether it's going to be used for this ne I mean, next year or the year after that. So Lulon Morello has all the cards in that draft pick. So obviously in terms of the prospects, uh, you know, prior to the trade, they both of them combined had only played a total of 16 games in the AHL this season and um Greer's had his cup of coffee in the NHL. Joves has not gotten the call up to the NHL yet and he's twenty seven years old. Um, you know, it could be a Nikita Gusev situation where, you know, he has to wait a minute before he gets his chance in the NHL. But, you know, I'm not gonna bite my tongue. I'm not gonna count my chickens on that one. But overall, if it was just for Kyle Paul Mary, I think that's a pretty decent deal because, you know, you get a first round uh pick and then uh, even though the Islanders are contenders and you get those prospects, I guess, fillers, and then you still got that fourth round pick to, uh, to do whatever you want with it. But the fact that we threw in Zajac, just, I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. I just felt like in that instance, we gave up too much. And uh, in our, our last game against the Rangers, when, you know, uh, Shasurskin got his um, three, nothing shutout, we just couldn't generate any offense. We held you guys to what 20 shots on goal. And we had four shots on goal opportunity. We just couldn't generate any momentum. So, yep. you know, I think that's a prime example of just our offense just taking a huge punch to the gut and just not generating anything. Because even though Zajac wasn't having his best year, he still was like, you know, 
a key vital piece in our offense for the Devils, in my opinion. Gotcha. Now, it's funny you, listening to you describe that trade and, you know, the Devils having to throw in Travis Zajac, uh, it kind of reminds me of a trade that the Rangers made a couple of years ago. Uh, they It's the trade that sent Ryan McDonough and JT Miller to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in exchange, they got a couple of draft picks. They got Brett Howden. And, you know, thus far, I pretty much any Ranger fan listening to this is going to agree that it hasn't really worked out with Brett Howden. Uh, they got Vladislav Nemesnikov, and he's long gone from the Rangers. And they also got Libor Hayek. Hayek's been okay. You know, he, he's done a decent job on the bottom defense pairing this season. But to me, it just wasn't enough you know, giving up both those players. And it's funny because on trade deadline day, the writing was on the wall. I think a lot of Ranger fans had kind of made their peace with the fact that Ryan McDonough was probably going to be traded. But, you know, JT Miller's name hadn't really come up that often. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, we're giving them JT Miller too? Like, why are we doing this? This really doesn't seem necessary. So it's interesting. You know, we've talked about some of the parallels between the Rangers and Devils right now. And even we just found another one with, with this this trade of uh, Palmieri and Zajac here. Right. And overall, I think for the New Jersey Devils, uh, I think they're done with just trying to use the draft to rebuild. I feel like we've taken the next step and just we have a lot of great young pieces. Now it's time to find that that glue piece that you will. So similar to like what I guess if I'm going to use like a sports example, look at the uh, look at the NBA with the Phoenix Suns when they got Chris Paul or let's look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the NFL. Like, you know, a team that hadn't played in years, and yet they get Tom Brady and a few other pieces, and they just became Super Bowl champions. So, you know, I think for the Devils, I think we're kind of in that same boat uh, where, you know, we have a lot of young pieces that have a lot of potential, but we just need that centerpiece to, I, I think, put us over the top. And obviously, you know, with Zajac and Paul Mary now gone, um, now playing with the New York Islanders and Lou Lamorello and Andy Green, Green excuse me, um, it, 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 it's going to be difficult, but uh, you know, one, one thing that Gil Martin of Lockdown Islanders has told me is that it could very well possible uh, be that the New Jersey Devils might trade their first round picks for someone big because now they have two first round picks in this year's draft and we'll see what happens, but you know, I'm not yeah. going to expect anything big, but who knows? Travis Zajac was uh, the 20th overall pick back in 2004 and uh, and he's now a New Jersey Devil, Devils legend. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, you know, they got some options. That's always a good thing. Um, now, is there anything, you know, obviously we talked about how, you know, with the playoff picture, the Rangers are in it, the Devils, you know, they're, they might kind of be in that spoiler role. But is there anything you'd like to see from the Devils down the stretch here, this last, like, 15 games or whatever it is, um, just in terms of, like, is there a certain player you'd like to see get more ice time or just a specific area where you'd like to see this team improve? Any Anything you could throw out there that would, uh, you know, the Devils could improve in a certain area that would have you feeling good heading into next season. Funny you mentioned that. I literally posted an episode about that just uh, just okay. yesterday, which is that uh, the, the New Jersey Devils, what they need to do is keep that top line of Hughes, Kwokinen, and Sharon Govich because uh, they, they've had great success with one another, and it, 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 I see a lot of potential. It's only going to get better, so keep that. Because you got Quokinen who could pass the, the puck beautifully. You got Sharon Govich. You, you know what he can potentially do. You know he's not afraid of the big moments. You know he, he, he's a great scorer and also a great passer as well. And then Jack Hughes, what more can we say about him having a respectable sophomore year campaign? So keep that. Obviously, we got our captain, Nico Heizer, back. My suggestion is to give Heizer a decent amount of reps and a decent amount of opportunities. We need to put him on our third line and then – once Zaka returns, put Zaka on the second line, in my honest opinion. That is a, 
controversial uh, take because, you know, obviously you want your captain to be, like, in your top two lines, you know, just, just yeah, getting yeah. as many opp- opportunities as he can be. But I just feel as though with the amount of games that Nico Heizer has missed this year, it, it's sort of like sending someone down to the minors, you know, just giving them the, uh, a chance to, like, you know, build up their repertoire, if, if you know what I mean, especially coming back from injury. And I've actually gotten two predictions, right? So in the beginning of the year, Janssen was struggling. I say Janssen should move down in the line pairing so that way he could get more opportunities. And lo and behold, when, when he was sent down to, like, the bottom line, he did really well. Like, he, like he had, uh, I believe, his most aggressive game of the year. Or when, when I said that I know Aaron Dell has more NHL experience and, you know, has been a backup goaltender for pretty much all of his career, but Scott Wedgwood deserves to be second string and Aaron Dell has to move down to third. I got that one correct. Um, because, because, you know, Scott Wedgwood was having a respectable year and the Devils have three shutouts this season and two of them belong to Scott Wedgwood. So, you know, that, that, that's something I've gotten right. So, uh, I, for my third and, fi- and possibly final prediction of this year, we'll, we'll see what happens. I believe the New Jersey Devils should move Nico Heizer down to the third line, move Zaka back to the second line, and overall, because Zaka's having a pretty good year, his numbers would be way up if he had played in more games, but obviously he couldn't start off the year due to uh, uh, quarantine issues because he was coming uh, from, uh, you know, over in Europe. You know, that, that's my suggestion. That's my – and – uh, I guess I have the same question for you. The Rangers are within striking distance, but what do they need to do besides losing to the Devils? <laughs> what, what do they <laughs> well, need to do? Not that, to, not that. <laughs> what do they need to do to get past the Bruins? Because everyone's projecting, including Ian of Locked On Bruins, that uh, the the Bruins will be in the playoffs. Albeit it'll it'll be you know at the skin of their teeth, they'll be cutting it close, but. Everyone has the Bruins getting that fourth and final playoff spot in the East Division. What do the Rangers need to do to upset them? Yeah, I mean, they just got to keep doing what they're doing, really. I mean, they, they've had a really strong stretch here. I believe 10-4-3 in their last 17 games or whatever it is. Um, they have to continue to play smart, disciplined hockey. You know, early in the season, taking some unnecessary penalties was really uh, a problem for this team. And recently, I can't even remember the last time I, I talked about the Rangers taking an unnecessary. I mean, penalties are going to happen. You can live with it if you're trying to prevent a scoring chance. But when you take those lazy offensive zone penalties, that's what will drive you crazy. So the Rangers have to continue to stay away from that. Uh, they need to continue doing their thing. The power play has improved recently. The penalty kill has been a strength of this team all season long. And I think they really have to just continue to make Igor Shesterkin the uh, the workhorse for this team. You know, it's interesting because actually former Devil Keith Kincaid uh, got in for a few games for the Rangers when Igor Shesterkin was injured and actually did pretty well. I mean, for a guy that came into the season as basically the third string goalie, I think Ranger fans have to be really happy with what Kincaid gave them. And Alex Georgiev, it's interesting. You know, he got off to kind of a, you know, he had a shutout in his first night, then he slumped, then he was good, then he slumped again, and now he's been good in his last couple of starts. But for my money, I mean, you can go by the stats, you can go by the eye test. I think Igor Shesterkin has got to be the man. And I said, you know, a couple, maybe about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I said, you know, it's got to be Igor Shesterkin basically every single game unless you're playing a back-to-back. And, of course, the Rangers and Devils have a back-to-back this weekend. Um, so we'll see. I would imagine maybe Georgiev will be back out there for one of the games. But I think uh, the Rangers have to continue to uh, just roll with Igor Shesterkin. I think that's an area where the Rangers really have an advantage over the Bruins right now is in the goaltending department. And um, I don't know, do the Devils play the Bruins uh, at all later this season? Maybe you guys could do us a little bit of a favor, knock these guys off in regulation. What do you think, man? Well, uh, we've actually had some success against the Bruins this season. And, yes, we actually have to play them two more times, May 3rd and May 4th. So 
it's going to be a while. But, yeah, yeah we, we've actually done pretty well against the Bruins this year. So uh, we, we actually lost our, uh, I, I believe, our first regulation game to them this, this season just a few, just a few uh, weeks ago because uh, we, we had the Bruins number all year long. Like they, they had literally no answer for us, like, which was which was weird. But here's the thing: there there were two instances where the New Jersey Devils beat the Boston Bruins by a score of one to nothing. Now here's the weird part: so Scott Wedgwood got one of the shutouts, and then Mackenzie Blackwood got the other, and it was one to nothing. But who scored the lone goal in both of those games? Kyle Palmieri. And where is he in? New York, not with the <laughs> Rangers, but with, but with the Islanders. But yeah, yeah uh, I'm sure we I'm sure we can help you out with with uh, that because uh, albeit we don't have Paul Mary and Paul Mary usually uh, helped us beat the Bruins this year because he always had his best games against uh, Boston for some odd reason, which is why I thought it would make sense for the Boston Bruins to trade for him. But you know that's why I'm not a GM and you know give us uh, Jake the the uh, brusque, but you know didn't work. But anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I think we can help you out. And also, uh, for Shosurskin, didn't he have his uh, first career shutout against the New Jersey Devils of all teams? Yeah, he did. And uh, that was, uh, I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but I think that was like his 33rd, his 34th career game somewhere in there. So it was interesting because it did take him a while to get that first shutout. As good as he's been for the Rangers, that first shutout has been a little bit elusive. But it's nice that he got that and, uh, you know, has the monkey off his back, so to speak. Yeah, because... Uh... You, you just said netminding is a huge key for you to just try to beat the Boston Bruins because, like I said, you're within striking distance, but, you know, yeah. one bad series and everything is going to go for naught. Yeah, and it's going to be tough, you know, playing these next three games against the Devils. You know, I, I, we talked about this series even early in the season because we were kind of looking at the schedule and we noticed this, this four-game set that these two teams have against each other, and it's like, man, like, it's going to be hard for either team to just like completely dominate that series and, you know, win all four games that that's a tall order for either team. Uh, but I will ask you, Trey, I mean, do you have any predictions for tonight's game or the rest of the series, a final score, somebody that's going to score for the devils? What, what do you got? Any, anything you want to throw out there? Okay. So I focus on Quokinan Hughes and Sharon Govich because in uh, a game against the Sabres and also the Penguins, if Hughes scored, who assisted on it, Quokinan or uh, Sharon Govich. If Sharon Govich scored, it was either Quokinen or Hughes, or both of them assisting on it. And, you know, you know where I'm getting at. Quokinen, either Hughes or Sharon Govich, or both assisting on the play. So I focus on that top line for the New Jersey Devils, and quite honestly, I hope Lindy Ruff sticks with them uh, in, yeah. in, in that regards. And also, in, in terms of uh, score, I genuinely, because uh, in game one, we, we didn't give you guys any power play opportunities, so we, we were out of the penalty kill. So if we continue to do that, I'd say we will still lose two to one. I'm going to say, yeah, I think it's going to be a tight game. I think the Rangers will win three to two. Um, and I'm going to say that I think the kid line, and that is, you know, for Devils fans who might not be familiar with that nickname, that's Philip Hedel centering Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco. I think they'll account for at least one goal tonight. I feel like they played a little bit better lately. They've been assertive. They, not too long ago, they scored like a really blue collar goal, which is kind of cool to see because you know those kids are talented. You know they've got all the skills in the world. But to see them just flat out outwork their opponents and you know, win some board battles and keep the play alive and then just have a wild scramble in front of the net and Lafreniere ended up stuffing it in. That was just really cool to see. And I think uh, I think that line will account for at least one goal tonight. But I'll say three to two Rangers. I think it'll be tight. And I think we'll get at least one more fight tonight. What, what do you think about that one? One more fight? Um, I'm pretty sure uh, uh, he scored a goal against New Jersey this year. Yep, on March the 4th. So if we let Lafreniere score, 
Uh, boy, I'm going to be very disappointed because uh, I, I still want uh, – okay, I, I know this is a bad thing. I'm rooting for the kid, but here's the thing. If the season were to end today, statistically speaking, Lafreniere would have the worst season uh, put up by a first overall draft pick since Jack Hughes a couple seasons ago. So, you know, I'm, I'm just saying. So I, I hope the kid does well. I hope he does well in year two. But I still want uh, Jack Hughes' like, rookie season expunged from like hockey history <laughs> for temporarily. Cause so now everyone will talk about Alexei Lafreniere, uh, who had the worst first overall rookie season, uh, him, Jack Hughes, or Joe Thornton. Yeah. I mean, I think he's played better than his numbers. And I think one thing they've done to help him recently and why I'm kind of bullish on that line is, you know, they were moving him all over the lineup and from left wing to right wing, from the third line to the first line to the second line, back to the first line, back to the third, just all over the place. And recently they've really, kind of stuck with this kid line, as they call it. And they've let these guys gel together and they seem to be uh, progressing together, building that chemistry and just playing better hockey. And, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun to see, but uh, yeah, Trey, listen, man, this is a ton of fun. Always love doing these crossovers with you and uh, we'll have to uh, do this again at some point this season, maybe uh, heading into the playoffs or something. We'll see. Yeah, I'll, I'll try my best, but it might be a sore subject for me. <laughs> Fair enough, man. All right. So, Ranger fans, Devil fans, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time. So that'll do it for today's episode and today's crossover as well. I want to thank uh, John Chick of Locked On Rangers for taking the time to do this crossover. It's always fun doing crossovers and getting a different perspective, but man, I wish I was on the winning team sometime. But anyway, uh, there's always next year. So thank you guys for listening. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I will catch you guys in the next episode, and hopefully the New Jersey Devils can just take one of four against the New York Rangers. That's all I'm asking for, okay? Is that too much to ask for? We're on a four-game losing streak, all right? You guys feel my pain. All right, I will catch you guys in the next episode. Go Devils!